to Inner Bloom, a podcast about how to live a happier, healthier, more harmonious life as you learn how to work with the universe, reconnect with your intuition, and bloom from within. I'm Alexa, a writer, producer, and EFT practitioner with a passion for all things metaphysical. And with me is my friend and co-host, Ambie. I'm Ambie, a physical therapy assistant, mom of three, an intuitive medium who has been communicating with the spirit world since the age of five. Some might call it woo-woo, but from our perspective, anything is possible, and we intend to normalize the abnormal by sharing our own life experiences as well as intuitive insights, channeled material, wisdom from special guests, and any other resources we believe will help our souls expand and thrive. Hello, all you bloomers. Welcome back once again. I'm Alexa on this beautiful Monday morning, and with me is my co-host with the most most, Ambrosia Matthews. Hi, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Monday fun day. Monday fun day. I'm feeling good today. Feeling energized. How about you? I'm feeling so good. Today's been relaxing and easygoing, and I love it. Um, it's just been a really good morning, and I'm my week is going to continue out to be like that. I feel like Monday sets the tone for the week. Totally. I agree. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's um, And that's kind of part of what we're going to talk about today, about like this uh, calm, right? And this mm-hmm. cult- cultivating the calm and, and how exactly to do that and what plays into that. But before we got too deep into today's episode, let us, of course, thank our amazing Patreons. Uh, oh God, guys, sorry. I'm delayed. I'm delayed on my technology. All right, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Whitney Kanaka, Tiffany Polito, Thea Cynthia Da Silva, Tammy Lip, Sheena Bone, Sarah Meehan, Renee Hart, Nike, maybe I have Nieder, Melanie Larson, Marlena Brazil, Mandy Ford, Lisa Perez, Nina Stadler, Kim Bartel, Kellyanne Bates, Kasha, Jamie Witch, Jamie McMahon, Jamie Edwards, Heather Kiefer, Grace, Dana McFadden, Cheyenne Carroll, Charm City Foster Mom on Instagram, Kara Miranda, Bex Boo, Alex Lettieri, and Adonica Haskell. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so, 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 so much. So much. I actually, I felt, I felt really cool this, um, like a couple of days ago because I was on a business Zoom and I was talking and the person was asking me in front of a lot of people like, oh, so what do you do? And I was saying, well, I podcast. And they were like, okay, and what do you love about that? I was like, I love I, – I just love it. It's so fun. And then they were like, and what don't you like about that? I was like, there's really nothing that I don't love about it. And they were like, well, do you make money And I was from it? And I was like, we do make money from it actually. <laughs> It's not like a bajillion dollars, but we make money like from our awesome listeners. And it was like, it was like I could tell they weren't like exactly expecting me to say that, but I was like, yeah. it felt so good. I was like, we do. We have financial support and it's amazing. So thank it, it, you guys. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> nice. Uh, cool. So let's see. Um, Okay, so today what we wanted to talk about was this idea of embracing failure. 
So ooh, Ambie's making a face. <laughs> By the way, guys, we've started recording these episodes because we're going to do something with these videos. Not exactly sure yet, uh, but look okay. look forward to that. So you'll get to see We didn't exactly know what we were going to do with the audio yeah. in the beginning. <laughs> so it's okay. It's all good now. We're rolling with it. Um, so, okay. So Ambie, is it okay if I just share like my kind of download I got one week ago yeah. and then – okay. So about a week ago, I had this download, and I actually think it came after one of the Money March episodes with Leela, and it was it was because she she said something like she just said something so simple like so what if you you know I was explaining that I get so overwhelmed with kind of like the possibility of receiving more money because I feel like I don't know what to do with it and I'm gonna make a bad decision or something like that, and she was like right, and so what if you do? What if you do and you lose all your money? What's going to happen? You're just going to start making it again. And it was kind of this moment of like, oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Like it's not like my world is over. I'm going to die. It's like, yeah, so then I would just start again. Um, And that got me thinking a lot about, um, you know, all the ways that I essentially halt the process of – um, forward progress on anything. <laughs> this dog that I'm watching will not stop barking. Sorry, guys. Um, this, So I halt the, the forward progress of anything that I'm working on because I'm so afraid to fail that um, I just – I feel like it has to be perfect before I put it out there because I'm trying to prevent any failure from happening and I'm trying to make it perfect the first time around, which first of all is just completely uh, – it's kind of illogical because obviously, you know, everything is continuously evolving and you don't know what you don't know until you don't know it. So, you know, obviously no matter how perfect something is, you're going to put it out there and then something's going to happen with it and it's going to evolve like anyway. So this is kind of a false premise to begin with. Um, but I realized all the ways in which this belief that things have to be perfect before they get put out there because I'm so afraid of failing, um, it totally governs my life and all of my decisions. And even this podcast and everything that Ambrosia and I have worked on together, like I have – she can tell you I have halted the process mil- like so many times because of this, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Right. Love so, you. That's true. <laughs> no, I, it's it's really amazing to look back and like realize, you know, that that's what was going on. So anyway, I then I had this download about a week ago after that Money March episode, I think it was, where I was just like, what if I – what if – what if it's okay to fail? What if not only is it okay to fail but like it's awesome to fail? It's awesome. Like failing is amazing. And and then I also got this download that I think I shared a couple episodes ago somewhere about this um, belief that like I always have to be up, like my energy always has to be up and I have to be like attacking this day and I was drinking yeah. so much coffee and all this stuff. And so then I had this other download that was like, and what if I could just be calm about everything? Like, what if I could just relax? Like, relax about the fact that 
just wake up every day knowing, yes, you're going to fail probably several times. And that doesn't mean anything like you think it meant before. It doesn't mean the end of the world. It doesn't mean that you're done. In fact, it just means you're going to get back up and try better the next time. So you're actually getting closer to everything that you want every time you fail. And it's just been a revelation for me. Like it's really all of a sudden, as soon as I got these downloads, it's like the gates moved and Mm -hmm. or the blockages moved and suddenly I was moving forward very quickly and it feels like I'm like oh this is why I can never get any momentum because I was stopping my own momentum because I wouldn't let anything move forward now I'm just like cool what are we gonna do next I'm gonna fail at it let's do it and I just keep moving forward so that's been my experience Ambie do you have any the thoughts on this, I hear you. Yeah, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I really liked this idea that you had of it was what you said was, let's see how many times we could fail or something along those lines. And I mm-hmm. was like, wow, that's really exciting. And it also, it gives you permission to not be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I can think of a couple times in the very beginning, like, I, I can think of a couple times in the very beginning of this podcast where it was like, no, I don't want to do that. And I was like, why? Well, because it's not X, Y, and Z and it has to be X, Y, and Z. And I was like, okay. And in the reality, maybe I should have been like, no, we should still do it. But mm-hmm. I was just like, okay. Um, <laughs> and that goes into like a different situation that we're going to talk about next month, which I'm really excited about. Anyway, <laughs> so with the failure, I've been beating up on myself personally, like the last month, this whole month, I've been beating up on myself with my time management. I've been told like my whole life that I have terrible time management skills, that I'm always late, blah, 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 all this stuff. And it's really gotten to me this month. It's really been like, oh my God, you suck at this. Like you're always late. People are waiting on you. You're so rude, like all of these things. And then I think I was talking to you about this and you were like, so you're going to fail. So what's the big deal? And I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, what is the big deal? Like, okay, I know that today at work, I'm going to be late to see patients. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. Will they understand? Maybe. Will they get mad? Maybe. Am I going to die? No. Mm -hmm. And, um, That has been easier on me personally because I noticed that what I do, it feels like I'm I'm delayed, but I'm not. But like I've noticed that what I've done is in order to make everybody else happy, I'll just cut out my personal time. Mm -hmm. I just won't do my meditation. I just won't go to the gym. I just won't do what I want to do to make everybody else happy. Um, but then I still fail. Mm -hmm. Then I'm still running around with a, like a chicken with my head cut off. Um, and then I'm really angry and I'm not happy and I'm drinking more caffeine. So then I'm sick and actually, (laughs) so I actually used to drink so much coffee that I would smell like coffee. (laughs) Isn't that embarrassing? You would like read coffee. I would actually... (laughs) I would reek coffee. Like, I would be like, oh, my God. I smell like Starbucks. Like, Like, I smell smell like I work there. What's happening? Um, It was pretty bad. So, and that actually happens when you drink too much caffeine. It creates body odor, which is Mm. like coffee. So, it's crazy. (laughs) 
I digress. Um, you know, it's a weird way. This is a really weird side note, but this morning I was walking the dogs. This is kind of gross, but I just want to know if anyone else feels this way. <laughs> this is so gross. I was, I was picking up my dog's boot to throw it away. And literally I got this, like, I was like, is it me or do coffee beans sometimes kind of smell like, no? <laughs> like dog poop? Yeah. There's something similar in the smell, I'm telling you. I don't know what it, it could is. be. It very well could be. There's some similar chemical or something, but anyway. I'm not sure. It I'm could sorry be. Sorry if I just I ruined like, coffee for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like um I a weird note. I really like the way my dog's breath smells. I'm very oh, much Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's very strange. Every time he gets in my face, I'm like, ah. And my husband, like, like smell? Or is it, no, like, bad smell? It's like, bad smell. <laughs> Wait, that's weird because, like, kind of so do I. My dog's breath <laughs> Wait, I think this is super similar it. to the way that people, like, skunk smell. Like, some people really like the smell Oh, really? Skunk. They do? Yeah. Hmm. So and it's kind of similar. I think my dog's breath might smell like skunk. Yeah, my I tried to brush his teeth and he almost took my hand off. He was like, "No, girl, we're not doing this." Um. Anyway, so yeah, so once I realized that, like, you're gonna fail. You're not gonna have a day where it's perfect. Mm-hmm. It's all how you perceive it, right? Mm-hmm. That is what makes those days perfect. Mm-hmm. I just kind of allowed and relaxed and like. Maybe I don't respond right away to every text message or every email. And maybe I, I'm i not super available all the time because that's cutting down on the time that I make myself available and my I make myself a priority. And I very much believe you teach people how to treat you. Mm-hmm. So I'm teaching people. And I love you guys because I, I know for a fact a lot of you guys have done this because I've allowed it. Um hey, I need a reading right now. Okay, cool. And I'll drop everything and do it. And that's not necessarily like good for me, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So this last week, I've had a couple people do that. And I'm like, no, I can't. I can't do it. I'm really sorry. And I do genuinely feel bad. I just, I'm not going to do it this week. Mm-hmm. So being more diligent about my time management, because that's setting me up better for the rest of the week. and I think I love that and I feel like what you're talking about is boundaries which is like yes ultra 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 important especially as your schedule gets more full and crazier like Mm -hmm. ours is right now it's Mm -hmm. so I think boundary that's been popping up for me it's like boundaries boundaries like if you feel like you're going over the amount of time you know I think Mm -hmm. you and I are the same we're like oh like something like I want to please it's the people pleaser thing yeah I want to please this person I want them to like me I want to and if it's business related you're like I want to keep this business going I don't want them to think I'm unavailable type of thing and then you overbook yourself and then you are absolutely drained and then you feel the way that you feel where you feel like people are taking draining your energy and you have nothing left to give and then you get angry and it's a whole I'm saying like you and me like we right because I've totally been and then I take my anger out on the people I'm closest to. Yeah, totally. So like I'll literally be mad at my husband about nothing. He did mm-hmm. nothing wrong and I'm pissed mm-hmm. at him. You do nothing wrong and I'm like, nope, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like I'm so mad at you for no reason. And it's because 
like it's just insane but what's really going on is the fact that like i haven't set up the boundaries with other people and i'm taking it out on people that i know won't leave you know like i know my husband's not going to leave i know my kids aren't going anywhere so like i take it out on those people as like i don't even know why actually but that's a different that's that's like a different therapy topic (laughs) I think that's part of it though. It's like you know that you can. You know that you yeah. can and that you know that they're you you don't have to please them necessarily. Right. <laughs> Which yeah. is crazy because it's like the inverse of like what you want to do, you know? You want to yeah. have the like but I I think so many of us fall into that trap totally of like we want the people that we don't really know that well to like us and then the people that we already know know us. We're just like not you too. I don't have time for you like yep. today. And, you know, it's um, – and that's what leads to all these kind of like tumultuous relationship patterns and um, feeling, you know, not heard and misunderstood mm-hmm. and um, exhausted. And, you know, it goes back to having the energy to give to um, the relationships you want to uphold, like having that, you know, just even what we were talking about a week ago or so about uh, when we were talking, when we came back from Kauai and we're talking about, um, you know, the the dream with like residual income, right? And this whole idea of like mm-hmm. bring the men home or bring the partners home, whoever's like the, um, the main breadwinner, um, in order to have everyone be emotionally and energetically available because – you know, so much in this world demands so much of our time and energy and attention. And if we just give it without any boundaries, and this includes your phone, people, um, yeah. it, it, you will be drained and you will take it out on the people around you. And then that will start this pattern of feeling disconnected or um, like things aren't right and then kind of going in circles trying to fix it when really, again, this illustrates so well that it starts with you. It starts with taking mm-hmm. care of you because when you feel good and at peace with yourself, then you have the um, availability for <laughs> the relationships that you care about the most. And um, – and uh, so another part, and Ambie, you touched on this, which thank you for touching on this, was the way that you speak to yourself. <laughs> you just did like a bow. <laughs> curtsy. Maybe that was a curtsy. I'm here all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, the way that you speak to yourself, because that was another thing that started changing for me once I had this like fear of failure kind of removed from my, uh, my, my view. It was like um, – Suddenly I started speaking to myself so differently. It was just like, you can totally do this. Like it was all words of a complete encouragement. Like you've got this. Like you've totally got this. You can do this. If fear would arise, I would be like, cool, fear's here. That's cool. I can still do this. Like I can still do this because it's an experience that I'm going to have and I'm awesome. And it's like these new affirmations came into my mind the second that I – allowed myself and gave myself complete permission to fail and reframed what failure was, suddenly it was like, yeah, and you're awesome and you can do anything, anything you want, you can do, you can do. Let's do this, girl. Every morning, get up. Let's do this. Let's do this. And I think that's so powerful. Like, you know, we hear a lot about affirmations, but if you're not – if you have all these emotional and mental blockages, affirmations are kind of like – it's it, it, it sometimes it works against you and it just doesn't feel true, right? Like I've done affirmations in the past and it just felt like this just doesn't even feel true because I have this mental or emotional block. Um, so it's interesting how the second that huge like mental block 
was removed from my psyche, suddenly all these positive affirmations flowed in for me and they felt really, really true for me. <laughs> the dog, I'm laughing at the dog barking. Um, yeah, I, I am not there yet because I'm still of the mindset of like, well, are you really going to do it? Blah, 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 blah. But I'm working, it's a work in progress. And like, um, like today, for example, I went to the gym and, uh, we were communicating with someone, you and I, and I was like, you know what? Nobody's going to die if I don't respond like into the next 10 minutes. Like I'm just going to finish the treadmill and then I will respond and everyone will still be alive. It will be okay. So, and it was, and it was fine. And I don't think anybody even noticed that I, you know what I mean? That I didn't respond right away. Um, So it was nice. But then I think it also goes back to like keeping promises to yourself. You know what I mean? Like if you – so having a promise that you're not going to fail is a ridiculous promise in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Right? And then you go into – you break that promise. You fail. You beat yourself up. And then you promise yourself you're going to go to the gym and you break that promise. You promise yourself you're going to eat better. You break that promise. And these little promises – that you're breaking to yourself become bigger and bigger and bigger until you just mentally beat yourself up all day. Mm-hmm. So it goes into allowing yourself the, the freedom to fail a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then it goes into keeping these promises that you've made to yourself and allowing yourself to have flexibility and say, you know what? It's okay. If things aren't going the way that they're they're supposed to go, I'm air quoting that by the way. Sometimes I forget we're doing a podcast. Um, <laughs> it's okay if they're not going the way they're supposed to go today, because I have flexibility of freedom. I have flexibility of time or money or whatever you want flexibility with. But I think it's nice to allow yourself that freedom to fail. Because it just puts the pressure off of you. And I feel like I'm talking in circles. Help me. No, you're, you're, no, I, I was going <laughs> to elaborate on that and also the space for things to change. So, what I've been finding is like, so bef- even just a couple weeks ago, I was like afraid to have a goal. Okay. Because I was so mm. afraid I was going to fail that mm. I didn't want to have a goal because I didn't yeah. want to fail. And I almost felt like I was certainly going to fail. So I just felt like if I don't have any goals, then I can't fail. It's almost like in every area of my life, I'm just trying to avoid failing. So I wasn't actually like experiencing anything, right? So I've actually heard that a lot from other people. Not wanting to have a goal. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's super common, especially among women, especially among women. Because I think men are actually extremely driven by goals. Um, Women, uh, I think less so, not, not, not trying to make a blanket statement here, but I just think less so because we're kind of more like, oh, well, and just even the energetics of the feminine and the masculine, the, the, the feminine is more about like the unknown and kind of like, mm, we'll see what happens, like the receiving, right? The masculine mm-hmm. is about the, um, the, the executing, like the doing, like the action, right? And, and the like the deadlines and the commitments and all that. So, um, which is why like a lot of us probably listening to this podcast have like a wounded masculine element of us, meaning like we have Mm -hmm. a hard time committing to things. We have a hard time setting goals. Um, And the reason why I think 
for, I, at least I can speak for myself, is like I don't want to be disappointed. I don't want to set a goal and not hit it and be disappointed. And even in – I was in my flywheel class for the first time in a few weeks the other day and it was crazy because normally like I don't set a goal. There, You see flywheel is like a soul cycle except there's like – it's I like it a lot better and there's – um you can see exactly how many points you're getting, right? And so a lot of people are super competitive and I've never been competitive like at all. And I got in there. I was like, what if I set a goal for myself? And I heard that old voice be like, well, do you want to do that? Because what if you don't hit it, you know? And then and then the other part one was like, so what? Like, it's awesome to have a goal. It's going to make me work harder. Like, yeah, let's do this. This will be fun. Let's see how close I can get to the goal. And it's so funny because um, literally, like, I had this goal and I was one point short of the goal. And I kept just seeing the number. Like, in my head, though, I kept seeing – it was like a – it was – I kept seeing the number and um, I came up one point short and she said she was stopping the class and I was like, oh, damn. And then all of a sudden the number ticked at the very – like it was it was after it should have ticked and it was after the class should have ended, but the number – it got there. I just saw the goal and it got there. So it's, it's, it's just really interesting what happens when you set a goal. But the point is like I didn't even have to reach the goal for it to be uh, – successful. Like just to have a goal, it makes you push harder. Mm -hmm. And even if you almost get there or you just get there three quarters of the way, that's great because then you're going to be like, awesome, next time I'm going to get that goal. And it's like it's going to fuel you for the next time because that's the thing about failure. You know, when you realize that there's never a last time, like when you – I feel like failure has this um, energy of finality to it. Like, mm, meaning, what do you mean there's never a last time? This is what I'm saying. So failure has this energy of finality to it, meaning like when when I thought of failure in the past, I thought it's done. There's no more. It's over. Like it's you have no more chances left. Mm-hmm. But that is the opposite of how life – that is like the opposite of the algorithm of life. Like, there's always more. There's always more, 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 more. And <laughs> even if you fail at something, it's not like your life ends right there. Like your life keeps going and going and going and going. So failure has – Failure implies there's an end, but there's never an end. You can always get back up and you will always get back up and try again. So that means you can never actually fail. Like, What about reaching a goal? <clears throat> reaching a goal? Yeah. So uh, I, I, weird thing. So it just reminds me of when I was – when I was like super fit, super – I was literally like, oh, I think like 10% body fat. I was really, 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 really fit. Anyway, and one of my girlfriends said to me, oh, I never want to – I love her. I never want to do that because then everyone will know that I'm not at my peak performance for the rest of my life. Like that like – When you're that, not there. When I'm not yes. there, right? Oh, I feel that hard. Mm, yeah. And like that kind of – Lately, that's been playing in my head of like, everybody knows that I'm not like at my peak right now, right? Like I'm, I'm 20% body fat. Oh my God. Yeah. Right. So, which is like still healthy. It's still normal, but it's, it's not super cut, which is, but do you, why do I, why do I need to be super cut? But do you really think that everyone knows that? Cause like, I don't know that at all. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Like, not at all. Like, to me, you could be at, like, your peak, like, you know. 
I guess like the reason I feel like that is because um, people that know me like know like people that have known me for like 10 plus years have seen like what I used to look like. Right. And then also I went to the gym and I was running into this lady and we started talking and she is a competitive um, and bikini bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. And there was a point in time where I was considering doing that. I'm no longer, I don't want to go into that world, but it, it's, I admire those people because it's a lot of dedication. Mm-hmm. So her and I were talking and she was like, yeah, what are you like 20% body fat? And I was like, oh God, she knows like right away, <laughs> like just right off the yeah. bat. And she's like, you could get back down at 10% like four months. And we were just having a conversation about it. But you know, it also comes with like, I was the most angry I have ever been in my life yeah. at 10% body fat. I was yeah. mean. I was not a nice person to my husband. Like we joke about it now and we call it like skinny Ambi was a bitch because <laughs> um, she just wanted a hamburger, man. But it's, it's really, um, it's really interesting how I don't know. It just plays over in my head that that version of, excuse me, that version of I don't want to be the best at this. I don't want to be my peak at this because then everybody else will know when I'm not. Does that make sense? Yeah. It. I. I've fallen into that so many times as well, and I know exactly what you're talking about. It's the feeling of I don't want to achieve this because then there's going to be a point when I'm not that, and it's going to be really disappointing and shameful, kind of like. And whether it's your body or it's um, – well, no, it really does have to do with body, I feel like. I feel like that – you know, it's funny. I feel like that with like makeup, which is funny. I have this – I've realized this with uh, makeup, whereas I used to love makeup, right? I actually love doing people's makeup, um, like doing other people's makeup because I love painting, but it gives me like a canvas and I'm actually pretty good with it. I used to do people's makeup all the time and I <laughs> – Sorry, guys, you're going to hear this dog huffing and puffing over here. Um, (laughs) But lately, like especially since I've kind of been on this path, I've really stopped wearing makeup for the most part. And part of me really wants to, you know, I'm in yoga pants all the time. I'm like always kind of like in workout gear. And there's a part of me that like wants to look nice. Like I want to look nice. I want to look polished. I want to have makeup on. Like I want to look – pretty, you know? And there's this voice in my head that's like, but if you do that, then everyone's going to know like when you don't have it on, like, you know, so like why even do it if you're just going to not do it a lot of, you know, why even put Mm -hmm. on the makeup if you're going to, other people are going to, you don't want to wear it all the time. So then people are going to see you naturally. So shouldn't you just get used to your natural self? And I'm like, yeah, but at the same time, now I'm coming to a point where it's like, but guess what? It's fun to put on makeup. Like, it's mm-hmm. fun to present yourself in a certain way. It's fun to accessorize yourself. Ju- and there's nothing really wrong with it. Whereas I've been saying something's wrong. I think it's been my excuse for why I'm not doing it and not going into that world and not risking the failure of not looking the way that I want to look. Yeah. It's been a protective mechanism, but I'm slowly like starting to break that that down as well. And, you know, all of these – all of those things about, um, you know, 
everyone's going to know and all that. That is all in our heads, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Because, yeah. yeah, some people might notice, you know, if someone's super tuned into you or, you know, super judgmental or something. But, like, again, that's on them. And it really doesn't matter what anyone thinks. It matters what we think. And I think we have to re- start redefining um, – failure or just change – because this is what I was getting when, Ambi, you were describing the situation about the body fat. I was thinking – I was like, well, for example, there are people who train to be – train for marathons and they Mm -hmm. train really, really, really hard for the marathon and after the marathon, they stop training and they go back to their normal life at least for a little bit. And so there's an on Mm -hmm. season and an off season, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's for a purpose for them. It's not necessarily about uh, you know, having a certain amount of body fat. So it's like, you know, when you're going for a goal, that's when everything that you're about is going to align with that goal. And when you're going for a different goal, then things are going to change. And we need to give ourselves permission to change, like to be one way in one scenario and another way in another, because sometimes that is going to be good for us. And sometimes, you know, another another way is going to be good for us. Does that make sense? It does. I'm just laughing at you, like, struggling with the dog. This, this but dog, I- you guys. <laughs> His name is Sebastian. Sebastian. Yeah. he's a, He oh, listens to time. classical music, literally. Every time Ducking? I go to get him, he has classical music on the apartment. That's pro- Oh, that's probably why you're all angry. You haven't had your yeah. classical music. I need to play it for him. Probably. Seriously. He's like, I need my anxiety medicine, yeah. which is yeah. classical music. Um, yeah. And then, the, but then there's this sense of, there's this sense of, um, what do I do after I've reached my goal? Right. Like the marathon's a good analogy. So you're training, you're training, you're training, you reached it. And then you're kind of like, okay, cool. And that's, that's another amazing point because I remember reading um, a, a magazine article about Andre Agassi. You know who he is? He's like an he's yeah. Olympic tennis player. And he said – My mom was obsessed with him in the 90s. Yeah. Well, he had this whole thing about goal – like six – he kind of was like anti-goals because he was talking about how um, when he became – when he reached his goal, which he'd worked for his entire life of like winning this Olymp- winning this championship or Olympic medal, I forget what it was, something, he became completely depressed because he had nothing to focus on after that. And um, he didn't know what to do with himself. So, Sebastian, so um, <laughs> he didn't know what to do with himself. So he became completely depressed and he said, you know, he was kind of taught the wrong things. He felt like he felt like he was taught to focus on the goal and not enjoy the moment, not enjoy the journey. And I feel like that's the thing. It's like we're – I think all of us right here know to focus on the journey. Like we know – we know or to enjoy the journey. But I think it's a combination of the two. It's like it's so amazing to constantly be creating goals for yourself, little goals that you, you know, can work towards and then enjoy the journey and the process. Don't sacrifice the process for the goal. You need a balance. You need a balance. But it's great. But if you don't have a goal, here's what I'm learning. If you don't have a goal, it's – it kind of feels – it's a lack of focus. That's what's happening. It's a lack of focus. Yes. A goal points you somewhere. So 
if you feel like you're not getting much momentum, it might be helpful to have a little goal that you can start moving towards and that will help you pick up momentum. And then along the way, like like put your all into it, but don't sacrifice yourself for the goal. Enjoy the journey because that's, that's the best part of moving towards a goal. And I think it's Abraham Hicks that says um, the goal gives you the – is the permission slip, is the excuse for you to enjoy the journey. Like the goal mm. gives you the reason to like experience all the things and then you can relax into that part of the journey. Does that make sense? Yeah. I like when they say you wouldn't um, you wouldn't want to go on a road trip and like get there. Yeah. And then like what's the point? On, what do they say? Oh. So the ultimate destination, the very end destination is where you started. So why go anyway? Right? Yeah. It's for the journey. It's for the experience. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And also another like road trip example is like they don't say like – or you don't – you don't tra- – as you're traveling to your end destination, you don't like get halfway and then be like, oh, we're not there yet and then just turn around. You know, mm-hmm. you keep – you just keep going. You just – you know that you're on your way there. And I think that's how we all have to be with goals. It's like you know you're on your way there because you've set the goal. So stop stressing about it. Take action towards it, but don't stress about mm-hmm. it. Just know that you're on your way there. And I think that's the other thing that's come into play here with in terms of failure. It's this idea – it's this feeling of trust. It's this feeling of like every time a, that little voice comes up at me and goes, oh, but you're not there yet and don't you want to freak out and you feel – there's all these things. There's another voice that now keeps coming in and going, no. Just relax. Just relax and know that just because you even had this thought that it's it's already in process. It's already happening. It's going to show itself to you. All you have to do is relax. And then I just relax. And mm. it's kind of like been happening so naturally. And it's truly what Abraham Hicks always – again, I feel like every one of these episodes is like, guys, Abraham Hicks is really telling the truth. And I figure – like I'm really like – I'm really figuring it out this time. Um But, okay, so I wanted to uh, share this clip of Sarah Blakely, who is the founder of Spanx, which is like a multi-million dollar company. Um, (laughs) Could be even more than that. But she is extremely successful female entrepreneur, and she's so cute and fun to like follow on Instagram and social media. She's a great personality, and so is her husband. But anyway, she had this story about how her dad encouraged her to fail um, when she was growing up, every you know, he he taught her that fail. He he reframed failure for her. So uh, I wanted to play this clip about her and her journey with failure. Growing up, my dad used to encourage my brother and me to fail, and he would ask us at the dinner table what we had failed at that week, and if we didn't have something to tell him, he would actually be disappointed. And I didn't realize it at the time, but he was just redefining failure for me. Failure became about not trying, not the outcome. Going through life, the only failure that I ever feel that I've had is if I don't try. So that was a real gift that he gave me. I wanted to be a lawyer, and I'm a terrible test taker. After I basically bombed the LSAT, I tried out at Disney World to be goofy, and you have to be 5'8", and I'm only 5'6", so I'm the height of a chipmunk, which was like, I guess you could say, sort of felt a little bit like rock bottom. I wasn't going to be a lawyer, and I was too short to be goofy. There was a moment when I was selling fax machines door to door and I was constantly being escorted out of buildings or sometimes people would rip up my business card in my face, which was a typical occurrence. And one day I pulled off the side of the road and I literally thought I'm in the wrong movie. Like 
This is not my life. Cut. Call the director. Call the producer. How did this happen? This is not supposed to be my life. I went home that day and wrote at, in my apartment, in my notebook, um, what my strengths were. And the only thing basically in the strength column that I was sure about was sales. And I said, okay, and I, what can I do with that? And I ended up writing, I want to invent a product that I can sell to millions of people that will make them feel better. And it was two years later that I cut the feed out of control top pantyhose to wear white pants to a party. I went online and looked up manufacturers that made undergarments and hosiery type products. And um, I called them on the phone and didn't get anywhere. And eventually I took a week off of work and drove around North Carolina begging all of these men, ironically, that were making our undergarments to help try to make this new type of undergarment. I went in unannounced. I had no appointment. So you can imagine how that went. Most of them escorted me out and said, good luck. I got a phone call about two weeks later from one of the manufacturer owners, and he said, Sarah, I have decided to help make your crazy idea. I ran it by my three daughters at the dinner table, and they told me I should give you a shot. I came up with the name Spanx because it's all it was all about the rear and so it kind of made your mind wander nobody ever forgot it and I changed the KS to an X at the last minute because um, I knew that made-up words were easier to trademark the first a big account that I got was Neiman Marcus and I I called them on the phone and I spent about a week calling the buyer and just kept getting her answering machine but I knew from my fax machine selling days don't leave a message and I waited till I got a human on the phone and I said this is Sarah Bleakley I've invented a product that's going to change the way your customers wear clothes I just need 10 minutes of your time and she said if you're willing to fly here I'll give you 10 minutes I jumped on a plane I took my lucky red backpack from college and a few minutes into the pitch I could tell I was losing her so I invited her to come to the bathroom with me <laughs> my dream is for there to be many more female inventors I'm hoping more more and more women will have the courage to take that risk it's a risk to invent something you have to risk being made fun of you have to risk looking like an idiot you have to do something that didn't already exist which is scary I mean my brain told me a million times who do you think you are coming up with this and then one day you wake up and you go well what if it is me wow I love wow. her I love that yeah I love her and I think she's such a good role model for like what we're talking about because she is such a – if you follow her, you look into her, you just are mm -hmm. like, oh my god, I could be best friends with this person. This is such a good-hearted person. Like I love her and she's so down to earth. Yet she's like one of the most successful female entrepreneurs probably in the world, literally. Like yeah. her product is used by every celebrity possible and just every and, woman. And regular people, yeah. yeah. And, and regular people. And could you imagine if she had given up mm -hmm. and she had said, you know what? I don't – this is stupid. This is crazy. What am I doing? I don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. that's – how many times have we thought about doing something and then we gave up and it could have changed the world? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so I really love – like I want to teach my kids this. Like I want to like – 
I want to reframe failure for them. Like I think we all need to reframe failure just the way like her dad did for her because clearly like she – if you, if you look at other interviews of her, she'll go into more of like how she was when she was first starting out and she would just had no fear. Like she had no fear about what other people were going to say or how many times she got rejected or shut down because she just she just built that spirit of like it doesn't matter. Like failure is awesome. Like failure means I'm getting closer to what I want. And I think it's just a really good example. So – that's interesting. And I think like, I know for me, oh, I know for me, it's been like, I want to protect my kids from failure. I don't want them to feel disappointed and I don't want them to feel bad. And like, they're going to feel that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when I first heard her story, um, I, which was like a, a year ago now, because you've introduced me to her. But I think that's when I like, told Riley, like, it's awesome to fail and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and he's 14. So at the time he was 13 and he was like, the hell are you talking? It's too yeah. late. You yeah. know, I haven't set up, I haven't set up the pavement at that point. I'm yeah. just trying to drive the car. So <laughs> he kind of looked at me like, what are you talking about? Um, but I think about like, I'm not necessarily giving up on him. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But I, I do feel like, yeah, that's, that's definitely something to take into consideration with little Bryn and little Oliver. Cause with Bryn, I don't know why I just have this strong urge like, Oh, she can't feel sad. I don't ever want her to feel upset. Oh my gosh. I have to protect her. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's very unrealistic. She's, she's felt sad before and she's going to continue to feel sad and happy and all of the other emotions. Yeah. And I think like you probably feel that with Bryn because it's little you. Like you see it, it as little you and you don't want her to feel discouraged or sad. Like you want – so it's – but it's great because like when she's sad, it's great too. It's like what John's always telling us like as his like, you know, essentially his little little ones. It's like it's okay to feel sad. Like you're not supposed to feel happy all the time, you know? Yeah. That was a mm. big thing he impressed on me a couple weeks ago when we were doing some channeling. He was like, you're not every relationship, every situation is not supposed to feel 100% happy all the time. Like, it's okay. And I was like, oh, it's not? Oh, then (laughs) everything is okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's a good point. It is a good point. Yeah. Because that's not the human experience is not to be blissed out happy. That is you are on. You're kind of numbing yourself out in some way. And it's like if we decide to – if we celebrate every emotion just as opposed to just the happy ones, then that means that when people feel sad or when they feel like they're failing, they're not going to feel like it's the end of the world because the only reason we feel that is because people have imprinted that into us that, oh, no, you failed. Like, well – you're screwed or like it's the end for you and it's not it's never the end and that's why it feels so bad in our bodies to actually feel that way because it's not true and our inner being knows that it's not true so it's it's very you just blew my mind did you see it i did i saw i saw it 
But like that's what Abraham Hicks is always saying. There's always saying like when you think a thought that is contrary to your inner being, that's why it feels so terrible for you to think anything negative about yourself because your inner being does not agree and your inner being will not come there with you. So therefore, it literally feels like you're being ripped apart because you are. You're splitting yourself from your higher self and your inner being. So Mm -hmm. with that – (laughs) with that we're gonna leave you I have to go to yoga this dog is about to bark its head off Um, (laughs) play some classical music for him yeah I gotta play some classical music and um, and yeah like let us know what you think about this whole uh, embracing failure idea and join us in our private Facebook group inner bloomers on Facebook ask to request and we will approve you and uh, and, oh my gosh we We have three weeks until the retreat (gasps) Our next retreat coming up so soon. So exciting. And um, and yeah, we yeah, we have some more things in the works that you'll be hearing about soon. So we love you all so much. Have a beautiful Monday. Bye. Happy Monday. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would give us a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. If you'd like to get in touch for a reading with Ambie, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Until next time, remember, open your heart to the seeds of love and light and bloom from within. Oh.